welcome back. I'm Kim Bailey, she's Fuliana Osborne, and this is Inside Exec. This week, Fuliana and I are going to explore what it means to be adequately qualified, or correctly qualified, or appropriately qualified. Now, all of us throughout our careers have had the opportunity to do all sorts of training and to gain all sorts of qualifications. Some of us did it before we joined the workforce. Others have continued to do it as the need arose or as they saw an opportunity or as they desired to take on more learning or, or do different tasks. What I want to explore this week particularly is for those of us who have got to a point in our careers where formal learning is not something that we particularly seek to help us in our career path. I'm talking about paper qualifications, I'm talking about recognition of particular skills. Now what's brought this about is that I've just gone through an experience myself where I was invited to go through a qualification process for a particular qualification. The outcome of that would mean that I would have more opportunities to do a particular type of activity. Now this is not an activity that necessarily needs a qualification but the governing body for this state and for Australia-wide and indeed for the world in, in this arena do like to see either experience or some sort of qualification that particularly if you're looking at the world level they like to see that you've done it as, at a local level. And what they're looking for is that a standard is maintained of this particular activity. So regardless of where you might be invited to carry out the activity anywhere in the world, that they know that a particular standard has been reached. And I have no objection to that at all. I think it's a very good thing to have activities where you can set a world standard and know that regardless of who you might invite to carry out that activity, if you look at it from the customer point of view, or the, the client point of view. Yes, you want to be able to choose anyone in the world knowing that they will meet a certain standard in performance of this particular activity. When I looked at the training and the study and the activities that were required to actually get this qualification, I wondered really whether I needed to do it. What was it going to add to my professional standing to was it going to give me the opportunities that these people said it was going to give me or were they in fact just molding me for some other task that they had in mind i was very flattered that i had been invited to qualify for this activity but the more i thought about it the more i felt that i was already doing this activity i didn't feel that the course of study that they were offering me was going to provide me with anything different than what I was doing already. It really almost got to the point where I thought, why should I do this qualification? Because all of the things that they're offering me, I do already. It's a fairly negative response to what was a well-considered and thought-out invitation. Let me look at it from, from two standpoints. I look at it, I've, I've told you 
Now how I felt on one side of that equation, let me tell you what it's like for the person inviting. If I put the shoe on the other foot and think about what it was like for these people to invite me to take on this qualification. Certainly there's uh, the motive is that they want more people who are qualified in this area. They want to be able to call on a broader cross-section of people to carry out this activity. There is work involved on both sides, certainly work for me to do to be assessed to qualify, certainly work for these people to have to assess the work that I was going to do. There's benefit on both sides. I would gain a qualification that in the long term would be recognised worldwide. They would gain what they wanted, someone else to carry out this activity apart from the small core of people that they have at this point in time. They also saw it as an acknowledgement of how good I am at this particular activity, even though I haven't been doing it with these people for any great period of time. So that was encouraging. What they failed to recognise, even in acknowledging that I was good at it, was that I had essentially that I was already doing it. There was no recognition of prior learning, I suppose, is, is the best way of expressing it, even though it's not, not, not the same sort of thing. It really is experience and it really is carrying out the function. What I would prefer to have seen in that instance is, yes, that they invited me to get the qualification, but they had some other way of assessing me apart from going through the formal qualifications, going through the exercise that everybody goes through, regardless of whether they've doing it, been doing it for 20 years like I have or they've only just started doing it. I would like to have had some formal recognition of, of the fact that I have been doing this activity for 20 years and they do see that it's that I'm good enough at it that they would like me to be within their fold of doing this activity. If I look at it from a management point of view, what how I could have been managed better in this situation would have been to up front, first thing, before even the offer came out, recognise that that qualification that they have as a set qualification, I already appear to be doing to a very great extent. Acknowledge it, you know, pat me on the head, tell me I'm doing the right thing, tell me I fit into that category. Then you can qualify your ability to actually give me the qualifications by saying we are constrained because this is the, the way that our qualifications are set at the moment that you need to do this course. However, if you do us a submission or do us a portfolio or do us some other way of, of an, an assessing panel actually having a look at all of the things you've done, you know, video, whatever, whatever it is, then we don't need to go through this formal process that we've always done in the past. You know, we could assess your standard on what you are now so long as you understand that if we assess it as not yet at the level that we require through our, our formalised training or qualification process, then you will have to go through that as well. Now, I would have accepted that, but what I wanted them to do was have a real understanding of what I was putting on the table before I started their qualification. Now I know that Fuliana has also had occasion in her career where she has been asked to 
study something, to do a qualification so that she could join a particular work group or do particular activities. So I hope that she will be able to express her thoughts and her feelings about being put in that situation and then looking at it from the point of view of an employer or an organisation and how organisation thinking might highlight someone, pinpoint someone and say, yes, that person is going to be good in this role, but we need them to do these things, not automatically send them off on training course or send them off to get a piece of paper somewhere externally or get them to do all the internal courses, but actually do a real time and a real life assessment of the skills that they are bringing to the table that might not necessarily fit in to your framework but might still be useful. And it's, I guess, an extension of this recognition of prior learning, recognition of prior experience and making it work in an organisational sense. I'll hand you over to Fuliana now and we'll hear what she's got to say on the topic. So what is qualifications? Qualifications to most people, when you use that word, immediately go to the academic qualifications. They, whether it's a certificate, a diploma, a doctorate, whatever it might be. Qualifications, in fact, is much wider than that. So when we're in a phase of recruiting, we want to recruit someone who's already been in the workforce in this example, at say middle management. You're looking for someone who has experience, who has proven performance, has the qualifications, as well as a good fit to, with the organisation. So as you can see, qualification becomes much broader. It's, it's the total person for the, to for the task and for the organisation. So let me take you through that example that Kim referred to in my experience, and then I go into more of my thoughts about qualifications, whether they are important, not important, and how to be used, and what's happening here and now. In my example, an organisation I was um, known to and did work with wanted to put me forward on a tender for coaching services. In that process, the person handling it asked me if I can give a copy of my qualifications. And I immediately said, I don't have any formal qualifications as a coach, but what I do have and what I'm offering is my decades of proven experience at very senior positions in varied organisations, various industries. As well as that, I have and I'm able to give you over 100 <laughs> references of people who have received my coaching and mentoring contribution and they can speak for that. The person was a bit reluctant because the recipient of the tender was very focused on qualifications and I absolutely understand that. I absolutely understand that people need, as Kim said, the qualifications as a benchmark to say that this person is authentic and you don't want to uh, waste your time and money on someone who doesn't know what they're talking about. Totally understand that. She asked me how I would then take it from there. And I said, look, I think we should offer them both. And very honestly and openly that I do not have uh, formal qualifications. Some of the other coaches we're putting up have got both. They've got the formal qualification and the experience. 
and let them choose. I mean, at the end of the day, it is something they got to be comfortable with. It's something that we're going to work with as in totally committed to the same outcome. To long story short anyway, is that the gender was put forward. Few of us were put forward, including myself, and I was more than accepted and were utilised and had many, many people from that organisation using my mentoring and coaching services. So as you can see, people are not being narrow anymore, in most cases anyway, in some cases they are. They're looking at the broader picture, which takes me to, let's say, a person who is entering the workforce. Qualifications are very important. They're important because you're entry point. So if you want to specialise in technology, in teaching, in being an apprentice, is different because you come in as an apprentice and then you get qualifications as you go along. If you're coming in any other way, qualification is an entry point. In most cases, that is to be true. In some cases, and long time ago, it wasn't the way. The way is you came in, if you're prepared to work from the bottom up, do general administration if we were in the white collar workforce and progress from there by doing figuring out what you like what you don't like and then specializing in different aspects and getting your qualifications so you're gaining experience and qualifications as you go along that's absolutely true in the maritime world my understanding is is that you could get in as a without qualifications and then go from there and gain your qualifications where you're getting sea time, hands-on experience, as well as technical knowledge and um, academic qualifications. So there's room for both, and as well as long as a person continually improve their learning and make themselves better for their job. What I don't like is that if there is someone who is highly qualified but totally ineffective, so you're being highly qualified. You can't live off that qualification. You can't say, well, look at me. I've got a degree. I've got a master's. I've got a doctorate. And, you know, so I am fantastic. The answer to that, yes, you are fantastic because obviously you worked hard to get there. You have the discipline. You have the intellect. You have what it takes to get to that point. What now that sort of person needs is the ability to turn that into action to turn that into producing, helping others and meeting whatever objectives in whatever industry they choose. So are qualifications important? As long as we broaden the, the total heading uh, of qualification, then they are yes. If we talk about it narrowly as academic only, then it's yes and no. Yes for certain things and no, you can do the job if you have the proven experience and capability. If you are talking at senior level, you're recruiting for a senior level, you've got to ask yourself, by me looking at their qualifications, they had master's degree about 20 years ago. What is the relevance of that? And uh, what's the pros and cons for it? So pros are that the person have proven at a young age to have been able to reach that qualification. The cons is that it's 20 years ago. What has that person done in those 20 years? How did he or she perform? And can they prove that they've done well for you to, to consider hiring them for the role you're looking for? Most of all, are they 
totally qualified. The other thing is qualifications can get dated. So if we're talking about technical qualification and technology moves so very fast, the person has to prove that, yes, I've had the degree or doctorate in technology back in 20 years ago, but I kept up to date and this is what I've done and this is where I'm at. Whether or not you have another piece of paper since those 20 years. It's important to look at it in the right context. So experience, proven performance, achievement in very difficult circumstances is very, very much reflecting on the person's capability. So that has to be taken into account. What I've noticed lately, which I'm really, really happy about, a lot of organisations that, particularly those one government organisations that are looking after training and um, welfare development, or sorry, sorry, <laughs> training and workforce development, are advertising by saying, if you don't have any formal qualifications, but have gained skills, knowledge and experience, you may be a candidate for recognition of prior learning. This is very, very important because a lot of people are able to demonstrate that. 20 years of proven experience, 20 years of understanding the topic, understanding what it is. However, they have no qualifications. Do they have to go and study as if they've never, ever worked? The answer in this case is no. The answer is that that can be recognized as prior learning. The same goes for universities across the world. They're recognizing that not only what have you done academically before, but where you're at when you're doing a master's degree as a mature aged or if you like, as an experienced senior executive, there is prior recognition for your achievements today. Qualifications, yes or no? The answer is yes, but if you don't have them, that is not a reason for someone to say, no, you can't do the job. And we have come across examples, and I'm sure you have too. So I'll hand you over now to Kim and to wrap up. Thank you. Let's leave it there for this week. I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fuliana Osborne, and this is Inside Exec. Mm-hmm.